This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're checking in with Michaela Perry, New York Policy Manager for American Farmland Trust, to talk about the group's 2024 priorities in Albany and get their reaction to the governor's executive budget proposal. Welcome back to the show, Michaela. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with farmland protection funding, because 11 months ago, you were on the show applauding Governor Hochul for putting $21 million towards these preservation efforts in her executive budget proposal for 2023. How much is she looking to spend in the coming fiscal year on these efforts? This is one of the largest agriculture budgets we've ever seen in the state. And so we are very grateful to the governor for giving us a great starting point for agriculture as a whole. This year, the governor has proposed a slight cut to the farm protection line item to $18.25 million, um, which would be the lowest it's been in a number of years. And why is that significant? And for context, though, while it's about a $3 million cut, that's one-seventh of what we were talking about last year. Sure. And it's significant because we are in a farmland crisis. Farmland is becoming more expensive. An increasing number of farmers have to rent land because they can't own or acquire their own farmland. And we're losing a lot of acres of farmland to development. Actually, in New York State, we lose two farms per week to development, which is really concerning, especially when you think about um, the fact that one acre of New York's farmland provides food for over 1,000 meals globally. So we're talking, you know, not just about a farmland crisis, but also a food crisis if we continue down the path we're on. And our projections do show that we stand to lose half a million acres by 2040 if we don't protect more farmland. When we've spoken with the Hoka administration about some of the funding drops year to year that they're proposing in this current budget, one of the arguments they make for the change is that existing appropriations haven't been exhausted or that the programs are, say, under-prescribed. When we're talking about farmland protection, is there enough demand for $21 million? Could the governor's $18 million funding level represent all the interest that we might actually see moving forward? On paper, it could seem that way. And we see this with a number of programs in so many sectors. There are issues with administration of funds for almost every program. There are delays. There are issues we hear from land trusts across the state with the way that the RFA is released. So currently, we are, let me pull this up. Um, We are halfway through the current round 19 for the Farmland Protection Implementation Grants. 37 applications to protect farms have been submitted, requesting over $35 million. So that's just halfway through this current round. $35 million have been requested. So I think it's safe to assume that $18 million probably isn't enough. Um, And just that's what uh, has been processed through the Department of Ag and Markets. And then from our end, we also know that land trusts across the state in the past year alone have been approached by over 260 farmers that are hoping to protect their farms permanently. Um, So we know that there are over 40,000 acres that could be permanently protected in the near term if these land trusts had access to all of the funding that they need. Well, given that backdrop, then what is the appropriate amount of funding? Because clearly $21 million isn't cutting it. 
I'm not sure exactly how much we would need. Of course, that would change year to year. And there are a finite number of farms in New York to permanently protect. Um, but we do think that $25 million, a slight increase of $4 million, would be a good starting place. And this is also taking into account that the governor has facilitated the passing of the Environmental Bond Act, which was historic. There was a $150 million line item included in the Bond Act specifically for farmland protection. So having the state's very successful farmland protection program funded this year at $25 million is a great starting place if we take into account Bond Act funding as well. To be clear, though, you're not looking to use bond money to offset the annual investments the state might make in farmland protection. You want the bond backed money to represent an augmentation of what the state might spend on a year-to-year basis, correct? Correct. Bond Act funding was never meant to replace the state's farmland protection program. It was only meant to um, support that funding to get us to a place where we could say yes to all of these farmers looking to permanently protect their land. And then from there, the state's continued investment year after year will help to support more requests that come in down the line. So another issue we've talked about in the past is the so-called farm-to-school reimbursement incentive program. And I want to get into what the governor is actually proposing here. But first, can you explain what exactly this program does and tries to accomplish? So this program reimburses schools or incentivizes them to purchase local foods directly from farmers and intermediaries if they purchase at least 30% of their lunch budget from local sources. So if they achieve that 30% threshold for their lunch budget, then they would get an increased reimbursement of up to 25 cents per school lunch served. And what is the governor proposing to fund uh, this incentive program at in the coming fiscal year? So Governor Hochul is a great champion of farm to school and um, even issued an executive order last year for state agencies to follow suit um, in purchasing 30% of their total food budgets from local sources. Um, So we do have a champion in Governor Hochul. We love to see that. And she has proposed keeping the program exactly the same. Every year, $10 million is appropriated for this reimbursement incentive program, and she has kept that the same. She's proposed another $10 million. On top of the reimbursement incentive program, there's another farm to school program that provides grants to schools who are hoping to build out their farm to school programs. This could be hiring staff to help with tracking or building out a school garden. Whatever um, they need support with, they can apply for these state grants. And that's funded at $1.5 million. And Governor Hochul has proposed to maintain that funding as well. Well, I want to talk about engagement with this program. But first, let me reintroduce you uh, for listeners just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room. And we're speaking with Michaela Perry, uh, the New York Policy Manager for American Farmland Trust. You mentioned that in order to actually participate in the farm to school reimbursement incentive program, you've got to hit that threshold of, I think, 30 percent of the food coming from these local sources. Does that represent a barrier for these school districts? Uh, I mean, are you seeing a lot of engagement with uh, this school program? absolutely does present a barrier. So if you put yourself in the shoes of a food service director who's purchasing food for usually multiple schools within their district, 
they are not purchasing food for their lunch and food for their snack and food for their breakfast. They are purchasing food for their schools, for their menus at large. Um, so this program's sole focus on lunch has caused a situation where schools who are hoping to participate in the program are literally having to separate their purchases, count apples, count milk cartons between breakfast and lunch in order to then track those purchases, do all of the necessary paperwork. It's very cumbersome and it's not realistic, especially for schools that are understaffed, which after the COVID-19 pandemic, not that we're through it, but um, since the pandemic has hit, we have seen a lot of schools are facing staffing issues. And when it comes to engagement, is this an area where wealthier districts are at an advantage in terms of having the capacity to participate or maybe counterintuitively are school districts in relatively low income or poverty areas at an advantage because of the reimbursement rates that they get for their school meals that might make it easier for them to spend their money on local sources? Until recently, we didn't really have any reason to believe or we didn't have data on whether wealthier school districts had more access to this program. To be clear, to date, only 7% of school food authorities across the state have been able to successfully participate in this program. So every year we're leaving between $5 million and $8 million from the total $10 million appropriation on the table. So we don't want to see that. But this past year, there was a huge change, which is now disadvantaging schools who need to be feeding their students fresh and local fruits and vegetables and food. So what happened was with the great success of the Healthy School Meals for All campaign, who we partner with, there were changes to the state's community eligibility provision threshold, which essentially means that those schools that have maybe higher rates of poverty or their students really do rely on school meals to be fed throughout the day to have access to nutrition. Because of a language issue within the 30% program, those schools are still only allowed to receive up to 25 cents per school meal from state reimbursement. So if they are getting the state reimbursement because they're just having their meals provided to them through CEP, some might know this better as the idea of universal meals, then they're not getting the full reimbursement if they also choose to participate in the 30% program or the farm to school program. So what that means is those schools who are getting state subsidized meals for their students are at a disadvantage if they purchase local foods and are actually disincentivized to purchase local foods. So this is affecting not only the schools, Obviously, it's affecting the children. We want them to have access to healthy local meals, but it's also affecting farmers. You know, this is a market opportunity for farmers. It could be a win for everyone all around, and especially for our economy. Uh, we just need to see some slight changes in the in the budget language. Well, finally, anything else that you're hoping to get done, either in the context of the budget or as a standalone legislation before the end of uh, the legislative session? Absolutely. We have a fantastic program called Farmland for a New Generation New York. This is a program where farm seekers can be connected to folks who are maybe retiring farmers or non-operating landowners 
who have land available for farming. And we facilitate matches between those folks so that we can get more people who are looking to farm onto land, get them started. And over the past five years, this has been funded through the state budget. It has historically been a legislative ad. The governor did not include it again this year. That's okay. We do have great folks in the legislature who help us put this back in every year. But just in five years, we facilitated 148 matches between farm seekers and farmland that is available, keeping over 9,000 acres in farming. Um, so we are now expanding our services through that program to Spanish-speaking farmers. 9% of the farm seekers we're currently working with have self-identified as Hispanic, and we have a bilingual specialist. So we're hoping to um, make all of our resources available in Spanish as well and focus on language justice in the future. And we're really hoping to see some state support so that we can continue to um, fund this program and get more farmers onto land as quickly as possible. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. We've been speaking with Michaela Perry. She is the New York Policy Manager for American Farmland Trust. Michaela, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.